The following podcast contains alcohol-enhanced conversations about alcohol, as well as the potential for the discussion about topics of dubious, disturbing, possibly offensive, but usually hilarious interest. The opinions stated herein are solely of the persons making them, and any endorsement of these opinions by any other party is not implied. Foul language is likely, but intolerant viewpoints are not. Listener intoxication is advised. Welcome to episode 54 of the Neat Glass Sponsored Whiskey Tangent Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Ed. And tonight we're finishing up our sort of ad hoc trilogy of episodes focusing on whiskeys of the British Empire that aren't bourbons or scotches. Nice. Episode 52 was Irish. Episode 53 was Canadian. And for the finale, we're highlighting not one, not two, not even three, but whiskeys of four different English-speaking nations, England, Wales, Australia, and South Africa. And joining us tonight on our old-timey hot air balloon trip around the world is a new guest who, in fact, brought us this treasure trove of wonderful whiskey spelled without an E, and Ed's here to introduce him as well as all of the whiskeys he's brought with him tonight. Yes, thanks, Scott. So with us today is our good and dear friend, Brian, who single-handedly established a foothold for us in Afghanistan. That's right. Giving us a tremendous following there until he came home. Yeah, and then (laughs) Now it's crickets. (laughs) um, We always talked about having him on. Oh, when he was over there and, and said one day we will and he came back here and I, you know he's been busy working and procreating and doing things that you do <laughs> yeah. but now he's found some time that, to link up with us and he's here tonight and he's brought us an actual treasure trove is a good word for it Scott yeah. of, of rare and interesting spirits from the uh, remnants of the British Empire right so uh, welcome to the podcast Brian hey thanks for having me guys yeah and so he brought to us two from the distillery called Pendaren the legend single malt Mm-hmm. And the Myth single malt. Mm-hmm. It's also the one from England, Adams mm-hmm. Rye Malt. Then the one from South Africa is Baines Cape Mountain Single Grain. And from Australia, a country far, far away, mm-hmm. Star Wars. <laughs> with a D, <laughs> Nova Single Malt. Yeah, we got three single malts, a rye malt and a single grain. Nice selection. It should be really fascinating to try them. And just from a personal whiskey resume, to try whiskeys from four countries we never have tasted from before. No. It's an amazing day for us. No, you we, know? we would never even have had these whiskeys if it was not for Brian offering them up. Yeah. Uh, we've been uh, sort of pen pals almost on, uh, yeah. on Gmail, talking back and forth uh, for the past you know two and a half years probably. And I think it was a last call episode where we mentioned, does Wales even have whiskey? And then like a week later, Brian sent an email and said, oh, they do have Welsh whiskey. That, in fact, I have English whiskey you have south african whiskey right. and that's what this episode was it was born. hard to read it though because it was like in drunken sporadic texting but you know <laughs> as he was halfway through a bottle of uh, padarins i'm sure right. every third letter was x Just, <laughs> 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 well, so brian tell us a little bit about yourself uh just basic stats and how you got into whiskey ah well i have a full-time job i'm also in the national guard right for new jersey i've been the reserves component for over 20 years okay 
And I started getting the whiskey after my first deployment with the Navy Reserves. And I went to the base uh, Quickie Mart, where the main liquor store, if you will, mm-hmm. is located on uh, Fort Dix. Right. And I just started stocking up on my quote-unquote bar at my <laughs> condo. And uh, all I know is Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, right. and it's all cheap stuff. And I'm like, huh, scotch. Hmm. So my first whiskey that I really got into was the Glenlivet, Glenlivet, 12 years old, okay, for a high price of $25. Wow. That was back in 06. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, a lot more expensive now. But that was my gateway drug, if you will, into the world of whiskey. Uh-huh. Oh, awesome. So you were stationed over in Afghanistan as part of the National Guard? Yes. Okay. And so that's when we noticed that somebody was in Afghanistan <laughs> listening to us. And again, like a week later, after we mentioned it on a last call, you said, hey, it's me in Afghanistan and said your wife had found us somewhere. Yeah. She read about your podcast somewhere, said, hey, download, check it out while you're over there. It gives you something to do. Yeah. So before I left, found you guys, said download, save, follow, whatever. And right. I was over there for like two months. My computer wasn't working, this and the other thing. I'm like, oh, wait a second. I have podcasts I, have podcasts I can listen like, to. <laughs> and actually, I'll start with President Steve on WMMR. Okay. I listened to their podcast. Right. Over there. Yeah. And then they had comedian Adam Ferrar on. Okay. And he talked about his new podcast. Right. That's when I go, oh, wait, I have a whiskey podcast. I have podcast. a whiskey podcast. Mm-hmm. That's right. Let me listen to that, too. <laughs> Guys in the area. So you live right in the same town that I do, just down the road. Right. Uh, I wish, Scott, I want to interrupt and just say that basically what he said was our podcast was better than the other two. <laughs> Pretty much. In case yes. you weren't following. So if, if you listen to those <laughs> I other, didn't catch that. If no, you listen no. to those other two podcasts, you want to hit the pause button and whiskey tangent at Podbeam or wherever your podcast come to you. We're everywhere. Everywhere. You can't like, get rid of us. As, as an old uncle stay. We're like horse shit at the racetrack. Damn. We're everywhere. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to ask if you were born in New Jersey. Yeah, so I'm from Jersey, originally from the Trenton area. Okay. Before I headed south because, you know, housing prices was cheaper down here yeah. than it was Cause up in Trenton. Because it's better. <laughs> the south is better. Uh, it's much better. <laughs> Less traffic. Yeah. Shade on North Jersey. Yeah, Siobhan. Yeah, we have pork roll down <laughs> oh, here. Oh, Trenton Central. Trenton oh, Central. Okay. All right. The Switzerland. <laughs> Keeping north and south and fighting each other. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you uh, for bringing the whiskeys. Thanks you for sitting in and, and sharing them with us. Uh, we're going to go through each country. But before we get to all the countries, Ed's going to give us an overview of the British Empire from a historian's point of view. Right. Now, British Empire is not a term that's used much anymore. It's more the United Kingdom or the Commonwealth. Mm. But we'll get to what that means. So uh, the British Empire at one point covered a huge area, North America, Australia, New Zealand, Asia, Africa, as well as small parts of Central and South America, too. The size of the British Empire, the amount of land and number of people under British rule changed in size many times over the years. But at its height, which was actually 100 years ago, mm. 1922, it was the largest empire the world had ever seen, covering around a quarter of the Earth's surface and ruling over 458 million people. And this would have been called the Second British Empire because the original one was like the colonies, like what became the United States and people who kind of broke away. So we're talking about the colonies that were found in Australia, Trinidad, Sri Lanka, Singapore, mm-hmm. Hong Kong. From 1881 to 1902, Britain competed with other European empire builders in what was known as the scramble for Africa and not really the greatest chapter in Europe's history with what right. the uh, resources that they took out of that continent. Right. But the English tried to stay pretty much the north, like Egypt, Tunisia and things like that. As the British Empire began to fall, it was replaced by what is today called the Commonwealth or the Commonwealth of Nations. It's an organization of countries that can choose to join or leave. And that began around 1931 when the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa formed the British Commonwealth of Nations. 
Today, it's made up of over 50 countries who work and trade together. They also share a common set of values, including fair political elections, the respect of human rights, and working towards international peace. And for a quick breakdown of who is in the Commonwealth realm, it's Canada, Australia, Papua New Guinea, New Zealand, Jamaica, Solomon Islands, Belize, the Bahamas, Barbados, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, and the Grenadines. And there's even more islands that make up the British Overseas Territories, but I'm really not in the mood to read all them. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Countries. Like the British. I mean, these are ones like Bermuda, Bermuda, Turk and Caicos, Bahamas. Come on, pretty mama. Gibraltar, <laughs> New Zealand. No. Wild <laughs> man. Probably most interesting is the Falcon Islands, where they had a war over them, <laughs> right? And, and then they had the Pitcairn Islands, which is famous because it's where the crew of the SS Bounty, yeah, and it still has many foreign British subjects who live there, right? They're also considered British overseas territories, which were originally called Crown Colonies. And of course, the main countries that we've talked about that the whiskies are from and the ones that originally formed it was Australia, South Africa, New Zealand. Great Britain itself is made up of England, Scotland, and Wales. Mm. The United Kingdom, throw North Ireland in that. And then sitting there on the British Isles next to them is Republic of Ireland, which isn't really part of them. And that's where we're at. Great. So what countries are we focused on today, Scott? We are focusing on first Wales, because we have two expressions from Wales, as you said earlier. There she blows. <laughs> no, not the Wales with an H. Dickie Mo. <laughs> <laughs> so Wales, without an H, is a small country that is part of the United Kingdom, as Ed said, on the island of Great Britain, bordered by England to the east and the Atlantic Ocean to the west. Measuring over 8,000 square miles, it is largely mountainous with a changeable maritime climate. Wales's capital and largest city is Cardiff, and its population is just over three million people. And like all the countries in the British Isles, whiskey distilling is said to have begun in the Middle Ages, with the first evidence of stills in Wales dating back to the 4th century. However, show offs. Yeah, the first commercial distillery was built by the Williams family in Dale, Pembrokeshire in 1705. Later, the Williams family would emigrate to the New World in the early 1780s, settling in the part of the Virginia colony that would eventually become Kentucky. And if your spidey senses are tingling at a Williams being in Kentucky around that time, well, that's because famed bourbon distiller Evan Williams was a member of that family. It doesn't ever end. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, the manufacturing of Welsh whiskey is far less documented than that of Irish and Scottish, but what is known is that it declined significantly during the 19th century because of the rise of the temperance movement, and the last distillery in Wales was sold and liquidated in 1910. Well, it was written down, but no one can read their writing, so that's why why it wasn't documented. Like They know what happened, but nobody else cares. Yeah, their language is like the the Y key got stuck. There's like seven (laughs) Ys in every word. It's like very spiteful language. Welshade. Fast forward to 2000 when the Welsh Whiskey Company was founded with a distillery in the town of Penderyn, chosen because of the site's own supply of fresh natural spring water. There they installed a unique copper pot still designed by Dr. David Faraday, a relative of the great 19th century scientist Michael Faraday of Faraday Cage fame, and in 2004 bottled its first whiskey in the presence of the Queen. Hello. <laughs> Actually, no, it wasn't. The Queen couldn't make it. Instead, they got Prince Charles. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. Nothing will bring your party to a halt than Prince Charles showing up. (laughs) Today, with their whiskey available in 45 countries and two new distilleries coming online in the past two years, Pandaren Whiskey has quickly gained a worldwide reputation, winning over 70 gold, double gold, and master's awards for its delicious range of whiskeys, starting with their core dragon lineup. The Legend, The Myth, and The Celt single malt whiskeys, the first two of which we have tonight, as well as six whiskeys in their limited edition gold series, which includes a Madeira, Peated, Portwood, Cherrywood, Rich Oak, and the sold-out Grand Slam 2019 edition celebrating the Welsh National Rugby Team. 
Well, there we go. A lot of whiskey. So Brian has prepared the stats for each of the whiskeys. Uh, the first one we're going to do is Legend. So uh, tell us a little bit about the Legend whiskey. All right. So the mash bill is 100% malted barley. Okay. Aged in ex-bourbon and Madeira casks. Okay. There is no age statement, but at least three years, and it's uh, 43%. 43%, well, so 86. If it's going to be a legend, right. it better be born in three years if it's a legend. <laughs> you think it's misnamed? It's more like a legend at this point. <laughs> a legend. <laughs> so how did you get into Welsh whiskeys, Brian? Well, my surname is a Welsh name. Okay. So as I got into it, looked mm-hmm. it up and back in 2013, and lo and behold, I was able to find Pandaren Madiri cask over here for like a year and a half, and then it all gone. Oh. Couldn't find it. Wow. All of a sudden, two years ago, it's all back. Back. <laughs> I've also been to their distillery. Have you? Yeah, uh, a few years ago. Cool. My wife and I, we did a trip to Ireland, Wales, and uh, North Ireland. How was it? Cool? It's very nice. The, uh, the original distillery, the exterior is kind of like oldie, old-time feeling, mm-hmm. but the inside is thoroughly modern oh. with all their machinery, pot stills, comm stills, stuff like that. Cool. Good tour. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you set off Siri. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Something you said set off Siri and it started playing House of the Holy by Led Zeppelin. Wow. I wish I knew that. I'd do yeah. it again. I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. Is, is it a copyright infringement if it happens by accident right. and Siri does it? Uh. What I find about the Welsh whiskey so far, because I had a few of them, is that uh, it's a cross between the Irish and Scottish. Okay. Heavier than Irish, but lighter than the Scottish and feel and, and uh, has that nice fine line. Right. So you've had all these before. Yes. Uh, Ed and I have not. Ed no. and I have not had any of these None whiskeys. Of uh, we're really excited to try them. So I guess uh, there's nothing left to do but try them. All right. It, so we got the legend first. The legend first in your number one neat glasses. Yeah. So once again, we're giving it a swirl. We're taking the caps off of the neat glass. Apple. Yeah. This is definitely reminiscent of what we smelled on Green Spot. Yeah. And was it Writer's Tears? Yes. Wow. It smells like I'm going to like this. Yeah, it smells really nice, like a nice sweet apple. It smells like I'm not going to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't get much else because it's so apple on the nose. Yeah, I mean, the apple is so overpowering, and there's definitely like a sugar apple, like sugared. Like a candy apple? Yeah, like you take an apple, and then you like roll it in some sugar. It's like <laughs> It just really just has a sugar sweetness. It almost dips into like a, a banana. All right. Going in for the taste? Definitely a malt. You can taste the malt. It's yeah. 100% malted right. barley. So, I mean, malted barley is in there. Right. And the green apple from the nose is definitely on the palate, too. I need yeah. apple. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a vanilla. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's almost like a banana. Yeah. Because I smelled it a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely sugary, though. I mean, like a sugary vanilla. Really way sweeter than I expected. So I have to tell you right now. To me, this is an after-dinner dessert. It really like, is. I honestly would not go to a bar on a Friday at 5 o'clock and be like, give me the Pradarian legend. But after dinner, yeah. yeah, give me two fingers of this, and I'll be really happy. Like, it really could settle your stomach, and it's nice. It's like a great dessert whiskey right now. That's what I'm getting from it. Well, I also think it's a nice whiskey for a nice summer's day. Yeah. It's not too That's heavy. It's just sitting That's out fair. in the warm sunshine. It's like a perfect date, like April 12th. It's not too hot. <laughs> oh it's God. not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Ah. This is really good. It's like um, the more you drink it, you get more of that barley spice, and it's mixing really well with the sugary apple. Um, yep. Like you said, a dessert, it's like an apple compote. It's a really but, delicious whiskey. With like cinnamon spices yeah. and stuff in it. So yeah. It's very nice. I'm actually chomping at the bit to taste the other one against it right now. Like I want to taste the Pandaren myth. Myth is a tough word for me. I had a childhood lisp when I was like in first, second, and third grade. And one word that I find difficult to say is myth. Yeah, to this day, I can hear it. Yeah, and, yeah. Cuth- and Cuthbert, but Cuthbert, that's a really <laughs> that's a street near us. I yeah. hated that. Where is it located? I'm like, oh, right off seventy. Where? Well, you know where it is. It's like right now. <laughs> say it, Cuthbert, Cuthbert. <laughs> Because either say it miss, yeah, like you missed something, yeah, or I stop at the T, like mitt, like a baseball a, a mitt. mitt. It's hard for me to say, like pronounce it correctly. Myth. myth, yeah, myth. So there is a little bit of a, but oh, a little bit, yeah. But I think you also put an S sort of at the end of that, and that's part of your. Well, that's what we. That's, that's what, what that's a what, lisp is. That's, that's what we do. <laughs> I think it's fucked up that the word lisp is a lisp. I know that <laughs> like is that's the that's kind of yeah. mean to do to kids because right, you, know? you can't say that you have a lisp without saying that you have a lisp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, southern was another word with a, an S with a TH following it. That one I've mastered, but if I'm tired, I still have to prepare for it. Like southern uh, civil war when I was teaching the South fighting the civil war. There's a lot of S's going on there. Because you had a successionist. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's a, a bad word. Yeah. Oh my God, that's a tricky word too. So many S's. I don't know how this became about my personal I, I don't struggle know. with speaking. I, I don't know. This is why I mispronounce stuff this day. So there, I hope you all feel bad for making fun of me, Scott. <laughs> I, but anyway. I, I, I um, don't. <laughs> so let's try the myth. Yeah. We'll smell it. The Padaren myth, single malt from Wales. So, um, Brian, the legend was 86, right? 43%, 86. And then, so is this the same proof? Same proof. Same proof. Same proof. And in case you're wondering what the mash bill is. Yeah, please. 100% malted barley. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's a single malt, of course. And then it's aged in ex-bourbon and red wine casks. Okay. Bourbon and red wine. And the other one was uh, Madeira? Bourbon and Madeira. Oh, bourbon and Madeira. Okay. So pretty much the same Uh, base whiskey, just finished uh, in different things. The nose is different. The apple's gone, but the sweetness remains. It's not as apple-y. It's more banana. I said it's gone. Random belligerence. Why does it hate apples edition? Oh my god. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's more banana-y. Mm-hmm. I'm getting like toffee or butterscotch on this. Uh, yes, a little bit. Yeah. There is fruit like a pear. I'm getting, I, I want to see. Yeah. It's still sweet, but it's not an apple, but it's a sweet fruit uh, at uh, the very end. Yeah, a light sweet fruit. Pear is good. A Bosque pear? No, it's not a Bosque pear. Uh, oh. Anjou? An Anjou pear? No, it's not. A, it's not we're no, this is, this okay, is not, barrel. It's not a barrel product. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take a sip because yeah. I can't wait anymore. Hmm. Okay, that taste is way different. Way different. Than the myth. The malt's stronger. Yeah. I'm getting almost like chocolate notes, uh, like a milk chocolate. Is that crazy? No, no. Mm-mm. I'll let you know that cocoa is one of the tasting notes. Oh, okay. Oh, we didn't do the tasting notes first one. Well, we'll do the tasting notes of both of them after we're yeah. done evaluating this one. Yeah. It's just as sweet, but yes. sweet in a different way. This has a, a little, little, little more complexity. Were you going to say that? Absolutely. I think I stepped on you because I think no. you could say that. But this one is one that I would drink when I first walk into a place. Right. And I think it'd be great to like swap this out for the other one after dinner. Like this was my pre-dinner. <laughs> I do a myth and a legend, you know? So if I ever go to dinner in Wales, I'll know how to do it. Right. Which one do you put in your Welsh coffee? Mm. I think the legend. Yeah. Because mm. it's sweeter. I saved a little bit of the legend. I want to go back. Right. Go back and forth between them. 
It's got a bit, a little bit more body. It's like it, me. It's, uh, <laughs> I guess, the darker in color. That's why it's a, probably a little bit more complex. If you go back and forth, they're such cousins, but they're <laughs> really they're completely different when you taste them side by side. Yeah, uh, drinking the legend and then the myth makes the myth taste stronger. Yeah, you pick out different tasting notes in the myth. Yeah, because everything that's similar yeah. gets sort of uh, evened out. Wow, that was delicious. So. The tasty notes, unless anybody wants to add something, but I think we did pretty good. For the first one from the whiskey jug, I mean, the nose, we got apple, vanilla, spice, malt, but the palate was uh, malt, brown sugar, apple, banana, mm. spice, and some vanilla taffy. Yeah. So we crushed that. Finish was medium with malt and more vanilla taffy, apple, and banana. So right. pretty much what we smelled went all the way through. For the Padarin myth, malt, toffee, spice, almond, roca, candy, and some fruity notes on the nose. Almond Ruka. I don't know if I know what that is. Yeah, the, the whiskey jug. You know, maybe he feels like he needs to step his game up now. Yeah. That barrel's coming out. Right. Of and then for the palate, on the one we just drank, mm. malt, cocoa, mm. fruit, citrus, spice, oily nuts, Gabe. Char. Ah. And a bit of vanilla taffy. More so vanilla taffy. More vanilla taffy. Right. Well, it's the same guy. Whiskey Joe, right. he did both of them. Yeah. Same base spirit, really. So Yeah, I mean, we all tasted vanilla. We all tasted sweetness. If he tasted vanilla taffy in one, he's going to taste it in the other. I don't know what he's talking about, like a vanilla taffy, like a sugar baby type of thing. Like, yeah. You know, talking about, like, what's yeah. vanilla taffy? Like, yeah, I don't know. That's caramel, though, I think. Yeah, so what's vanilla taffy? I don't know, like saltwater taffy? Yeah. Right. Right. All right. Yeah. All right. Like a vanilla saltwater taffy? Yeah. Do they have yeah. saltwater taffy anywhere outside of Jersey? I'm not sure know. they do. <laughs> I don't know. I know that it's definitely uh, a thing that happened. Well, at least they're, the myth of it is from New Jersey. What? <laughs> I feel like you just. Did I diss you? I feel like you mocked my speech impediment. Uh, did I diss you? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the Society for Stutterers and Lispers in America, please send all your hate mail to whiskeytangent at gmail.com. Attention, Scott. Attention, Scott. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, not really. I'm Are you sorry? <laughs> I was just going to say that. Are you an asshole? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, these are really good. Brian, which one do you like better? Mm, that's uh, so tough. Probably uh, myth. The myth. Actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the myth too by a nose. I, I do too. I also go back and forth. Yeah, the, the legend's very nice, uh, but the myth it just edges it out. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, give me the myth before dinner and the legend after, and I'll be happy. Right, right. All right. So the last one we're going to do before we take a short break to wash glasses is the Adams Rye Malt from England. And I've never had a whiskey from England. I've always wondered. Like, it doesn't make sense to me how England is close to Scotland. Yeah. And close to Ireland. Yep. And Wales. And all they do is make mountains of whiskey. Right, barrels and barrels and barrels. Yeah, and England, I know they're they're making their dry gin and they're happy with themselves. Good gin beer, and beer, good yeah. beer, no, very good beer. But I'm like, how do you not have at least five whiskeys that we know about? And I've never had an English whiskey. Well, that's going to change today. We're going to have our first one, the Adams Rye Malt. Yeah. So some of the questions that you ask might be answered in my five paragraph history of right. England. Go. England is a country that is, of course, also part of the United Kingdom on the island of Great Britain, bordered by Wales to the southwest, Irish Sea to the northwest, Scotland to the north, the North Sea to the east, and the English Channel to the south. Measuring over 50,000 square miles, it occupies over two-thirds of Great Britain and takes its name from the Angles, a Germanic tribe who settled in the area in the 5th century. England's capital and largest city is London, and its population is over 56 million people. 
Although there's no direct evidence that the distilling history in England dates as far back as the other countries of the British Isles, there are definitely references to distilleries producing malt and grain whiskey in England starting in the early 1800s, with at least four of them mentioned in an 1887 book about distilleries in the United Kingdom. However, the last of these closed its doors in 1905, likely for the same reasons that shuttered so many others in Ireland and Wales, the column still, temperance, excise taxes, etc. But with the addition of another reason that's unique to England, the widespread use of botanicals to flavor otherwise unpalatable grain spirits, aka gin, which proved to be much more popular with the taste of the English people than whiskey. Fast forward over a century later, Healy Cider Farm and St. Austell Brewery teamed up to produce Cornwall's first single malt whiskey in centuries, which kickstarted a trend that has culminated in there now being over 20 distilleries in England producing barrel-aged whiskey, including the creator of the English brand we have tonight, Adnams. Located in Suffolk County and known for its legendary beer brewing that stretches back to 1345. Mm. They have documents, apparently. The amount of people that they've gotten drunk over the years is epic. <laughs> epic. Admins didn't open their Copper House distillery in 2010 after becoming the first brewery in the United Kingdom to be legally allowed to distill spirits. In addition to various gins, vodkas, and mixers, they make three whiskeys. The rye malt will be tasting shortly, as well as the single malt and a triple malt. Adnams even has their own pubs and hotels. Mm. You need to sleep somewhere. <laughs> right. All right, so Brian, tell us the stats. All right, so this rye malt whiskey is 75% rye, 25% malt barley. Okay. Aged in new French oak barrels. Oh. Uh, no age statement again, but mm. age at least five years. Five years, okay. And 94 proof. All right. All right, let's lift our third neat glass. Once again, neat glasses are available online at neatglass.com. If you put in whiskey tan, you get 10% off your first order. Get four, six, eight, maybe a case of 32 if you want. You can never have too many. <laughs> uh, give them to your friends. Make great gifts. Yeah. And, and by the way, don't forget Christmas in July coming up. Why wait all the way to December? <laughs> That's right. This is a very strange smell. Hmm. I don't know what that is. It has a very chemically sort of aroma to it. Scott, I want you to think of something. They, they used to have really strong cinnamon-dipped toothpicks when we were back in school okay they were so overpowered when you first put them in they had that kind of like a weird oily smell along with the cinnamon i feel like that's what i'm smelling like it's a cinnamon but it's not like i dumped the spice on my finger and it's not even like a cinnamon candy it's like a different very strong pure cinnamon i remember those yeah and, i don't know i felt cool if you had a toothpick i mean right <laughs> there was that guy from like hill street blues always had a toothpick in his mouth right. that was pretty cool i think what i'm getting is it's very woody like a cut wood Lumber. Anybody fresh get, cut wood. Fresh cut wood. Anybody get any sweetness? There's some. Yeah. There's some sweetness there. Anybody getting any orange, vanilla, pear, anything anything? Let's work hard here. What do we get? Brown sugar, white I mean, white sugar, blue sugar? Uh, blue sugar. There might be a little bit of citrus on there. Maybe we're getting some cocaine. I got a little cocaine notes on this. <laughs> cocaine. Now I'm going deeper. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit of apple again. Really light though. Not as much as I smelled on legend. the legend. Hmm. I'm getting like a little citrus, like yeah, a, like a rind type of thing. Ooh, like a like zest. A, like a zest. All right, yeah, orange zest, I guess. Yeah, I took a really small sip. Not what I expected at all. Better than I expected. It definitely tastes better than it smells. Yeah, yeah. it tastes really good. Yeah. Wow. Like I'm getting actual cinnamon on it, but like a sweet cinnamon, like a cinnamon bun. I'm getting a lot of rye. Right. I forgot this was a rye malt. 
Oh my God, there's a burst of sweetness right after I swallow and then goes away really quick. What uh-huh. is that? Oh, it's like a brown sugar almost. Yes, brown sugar. Yeah. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Like a lump of brown sugar and it's so quickly, like it goes right away. Because there's a spiciness too, uh, which I guess is the barley and the rye. Since it's over 90, go ahead and put a couple drops in just to see if it opens anything up. Yeah. Am I the only getting a little bit of banana? Banana, like a little bit, like like a green banana. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Ooh. You're saying uh, like what an are, unripened. What banana. are what are open Correct. stuff up? There's the finish is very drying. It's very interesting. It is drying. It's a very drying finish. Um, all right. Wow. Hmm. There is a flavor that goes all the way through into the finish, and I can't put my finger on what it is. Yeah, I think that's what Brian said on the nose. I mean, it might be the brown sugar, but the brown sugar I said went away, but then I feel like it comes back at the end. Does that make any sense to anybody? Like, it's brown yeah. sugar, like it, it hits me, it goes away, but then when I'm done the swallow, I'm like, oh, wait, there it is. Right, it's not the finish, it's like the aftermath. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> An aftermath of brown sugar. It's not bad. Maybe a little aeration's going on there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah it could be. It's possible. I'm going to do one more step, too. It's good, though. It leaves your mouth a little dry, but with that nice brown sugar sweetness. Oh, my gosh. The water definitely opened up some more brown sugar. Like, yeah. It's much sweeter now. It's really good. Like I, this it. is my favorite of the three now. I think oh, really? Yeah, I think this is more complex than the other ones. Like uh, uh, this one, I'm definitely drinking when I walk in. Yeah. I think this is a taste profile that we're more used to. Yeah, the rye, exactly. Because yeah. of the rye. I think you're right, man. Yeah. And, and it might be why we're preferring this. But like we said, the first two are nice. They're very nice no, whiskeys. they're delicious. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with all of them. I wasn't sure what we're going to get, I'll be honest. Like, you know, single malts can be. I know. They're finicky. <laughs> you know, 100% malted barley can be finicky and it can be very peaty or it can be whatever. Yeah. These are all very approachable and delicious. I mean, I want to go to the United Kingdom and drink whiskey all day long. Yeah. Like, sorry to go right in the morning. Just get up right at the crack of dawn, take a look at Big Ben and the tower, and then just <laughs> right into the fucking whiskey, you know? Yeah. Brian, how did you come across this particular whiskey? Banache. Oh. <laughs> just shopping at Banache and then standing in line, looking over, going, oh. That happens to the best of us. <laughs> oh, an English whiskey. Yeah. So let's take a look at the tasting notes, okay? So this is my second English whiskey, by the way. Oh, what's the other one? Cotswold. Cotswold. All right. Cotswold. All right. Why didn't you bring that one? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was in Selfish. a advent calendar? Oh, that was advent calendar. Two years okay. ago. Oh. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right, yeah, the tasting notes, how we do? All right, so um, the nose, big sweet helpings of cinnamon tempered by mm. clove, nutmeg, black pepper, and tart orange peel with yeah. notes of rye toast, vanilla, and golden syrup. I don't know what golden syrup I is, but either. I think that's when they're just trying to explain how you take brown sugar and, and stretch it through a whole drink. <laughs> um, the palate is much drier than the nose, carrying plenty of chewy rye spice that fizzes through a thick raisin fudge, mm. a honeyed cereal grain, and a little blackberry. I, I didn't get a lot of that. No, I didn't get a lot and of that either. And then finishes ground <laughs> coffee beans that maintain the drying element. I didn't taste any of coffee. I mean, we got some of those. I but got drying, but I didn't get uh, yeah. yeah thick raisin fudge. I mean, I don't Could know. Could that be the mystery flavor you can't put your finger on? <laughs> I mean, Maybe. raisin fudge? Uh, raisin fudge, that's uh Be that's like weird. the English to yeah. have raisin fudge. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it to England. Wasn't there a candy? It was a really chunk block. Was it called chunk? Yeah. Or chunky. Chunky. With, they had, had raisins, raisins in it. I love that one. Yeah. 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 yeah it came in a silver wrapper. Yeah. And, and there was like nuts and raisins. Right. It's an underrated candy bar. The, I'll bring it next week. The raisin fudge <laughs> uh, reminded me of that. All right, so we're, we're all excited by these. No was a disappointment, and I didn't expect them to because you know, Brian's raving about them, and Brian's drank other whiskey with this, so I know that he knows what whiskey is. Right. And so I'm not <laughs> shocked that that these are good, but they're better than I expected. I thought I might have to be a little polite, like, oh, no, thanks, Brian. These are, these are nice. <coughs> yeah. I'm, well, I'm like, you know, shoving dark chocolate almonds in my mouth. It's like, clear, but no. <laughs> so, Brian, uh, you bought these whiskeys. Do you know about what the prices were for these three? Uh, I don't remember for the Pendarians, but... Mm. 
I think it's above 50, less than 70. Okay. The Ednams was uh, 75 bucks. Wow. Okay. So the, they're and not cheap. <laughs> no, uh, like the Ednams, I took a leap of faith on that one. Okay. Yeah. Mostly because yeah. I like rye whiskey. So I'm right. like, sure. how bad can it be? And it's quite good. So your wife's going to listen to this episode. Do you want us to like? They were all $35. <laughs> yeah. The price of a facial and manicure. Okay. <laughs> JK, just kidding. You're a sweetheart. Yeah, I know. You, you introduced Brian to us, and we would never have tasted these whiskeys without him. So. Right. We wish you were here, too, but we know that. Cheers to Mrs. Brian. Yeah. <laughs> You'd rather not be with us, trust me. You, you've chosen well. Yeah. All right, so All right, we're gonna take a break, watch some glasses, come back with the last two. Yeah. One from South Africa, right? And one far, far away in the island of the prisoners, hey. Australia. All right, we'll be right back. All right, so we're back. Glasses are clean. We're, we're about to uh, approach our last two whiskeys of the British Isles. Empire. Empire. Commonwealth. <laughs> Commonwealth. Uh, yeah, that's the British Isles. I'm sorry. You're right. It's, it's a Commonwealth. Okay. Commonwealth of nations, including uh, South Africa and Australia, which are two of them. Right. And uh, we have the Baines, Cape Mountain single grain mm. from South Africa. We'll do that first, and then we'll finish up the episode tonight with uh, Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, the galaxy far, far away. No, the Star Wars with a D. Yeah. Nova single malt from Australia. Mm. Good day, mate, and all that. So, and then we'll go to Outback for like a blooming onion. <laughs> blooming. Uh, so we're going to do a South Africa first. Uh, I have like uh, four paragraphs on South Africa. There wasn't really a whole lot. Um, um, I'm not, not, not going to drink Bane's whiskey. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, the Sun City. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Wait for the crickets to stop. <laughs> that was terrible actually. yeah the, <laughs> the republic of south africa is the southernmost country in africa duh bordered by the <laughs> bordered by the atlantic ocean to the southwest the indian ocean to the southeast mozambique and eswatini formerly known as swaziland to the east and northeast namibia botswana and zimbabwe to the north and completely encircling the country of lesotho with over 60 million people, it covers an area of nearly half a million square miles and has three capital cities, with the executive, judicial, and legislative branches of government based in Pretoria, Bloemfontein, and Cape Town, respectively, but its largest city is Johannesburg. A multi-ethnic society encompassing a wide variety of cultures and religions, South Africa has a constitution that recognizes 11 official languages. Although the first record of distillation in South Africa was of a brandy in 1672, it wasn't until the mid-1800s when a man named A.H. Nomapius built the first whiskey distillery on a farm east of Pretoria. In 1881, the distillery negotiated a concession with the government, giving them the sole right to distill alcohol liquor from corn and other sources. Unfortunately, in 1899, all alcohol production in the country ceased when war broke out between the British Empire and bordering independent Dutch-speaking states known as the Boer Republics which was triggered by the discovery of diamond and gold deposits on their land. 
After World War II, there were a couple more fits and starts at distilling, but it really wasn't until the 1970s that whiskey distilling would once again establish a foothold in South Africa. That's when the SFW Group bought the fledgling R&B distillery and began producing Three Ships Whiskey, originally a blend of South African grain spirit and imported scotch. As production increased throughout the 1980s, operations were moved to the larger James Sedgwick Distillery, which had been producing neutral grain spirits since the Boer Wars. Sedgwick is now the only whiskey distillery in the country, producing not only modern versions of the Three Ships brand, but also the award-winning Baines Cape Mountain single-grain whiskey that we have here tonight. And Brian's going to tell us all about it. <laughs> so the Mashville is 100% corn. Mmm, interesting. No, wow. that's not interesting. Here's the interesting part. Okay. It's aged three years in first fill ex-bourbon barrels. Then it's taken out, then aged another 18, 30 months in new first fill bourbon casks. Wow. So it's sort of double-aged in ex-bourbon casks. Yes. Interesting. First and it's fill all, each time. Yeah, and it's corn. Okay, this is going to be very bourbon-y then. The bottle's really cool. <laughs> Probably. single-grain whiskey. It's got, looks like two leopards leaping at each other with the bee. <laughs> it's a very nice-looking bottle. With every sip, you will experience the taste of almost 130 years of the art of distilling award-winning spirits using Cape Mountain water. Mm. So there we have a little hype for the water. I bet you if you search that water, you're going to find it's got some limestone around it. Yep. All right, so let's take a look at the Baines Cape Mountain single grain. A light citrus. Yeah, it's very light. I, I got a little cinnamon. Definitely caramel. It's very caramely to me. Citrus, I, I can see some orange peel in there. I get vanilla. I'm not sure I get, get a caramel, like a creme brulee or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting sweet. I'm getting citrus. What's the proof on this? Yeah, what's the proof again? It's uh, it smells like an 80 86. proof. Yeah, 86. 86, right. yeah. All right, let's give it a taste. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh. Vanilla cream. like. Oh, it's so creamy. It's like frosting. Uh, oh, my God. It's like vanilla frosting. Yeah. Holy crap. I've never tasted any whiskey like this. This is great. Oh, my this God. This is delicious. I love this immediately. It almost tastes like, like a flavored vodka. That's how intense the flavoring of it is. Oh, yeah, like pinnacle whipped cream or something. Like, <laughs> yes. I've never had anything like this. This is crazy. But yet, this is not nearly as desserty to me as the... I don't yeah. know why, because it's really alcohol forward in the beginning. Like, yeah. And then it ends with this great, sweet vanilla frosting. Was You said I could see that. Frosting, yeah. Man. I think it's the dryness that yeah. mutes the sweetness. Right, you're right. It's drier than the, uh, I guess it was the legend, because the legend was very sweet and desserty, but it, it kind of lingered. And this uh, leaves a dryness and, like I said, dissipates some of that sweetness so it doesn't seem all that sweet. Did the Pederans have corks or screw tops? They had corks. Corks. All right, so this actually has a screw top. The oh, veins. there you go. Which is just different. Yeah. You know. And we had that Canadian one, which was $94, and that had a screw top on right, it. The Alberta Premium had a shitty little plastic screw yeah. top, like not even of any substance. Yeah, and it was like almost 130 proof. Mm. Wow. This is really good. I did wow. not expect this at all. Yeah. I'm so pleased with what we've experienced tonight. Yeah. Just to know that I could, you know, take the 70-hour flight down to South Africa, however <laughs> god-awful long it must be. <laughs> Um, can you imagine traveling there during the Boer War, like in 1895? What nightmare that must have been if some steamship takes you along the coast. And, right. And you got to fight your way off the boat, probably. <laughs> but man, right now, like as I'm done, I'm getting this burn in my throat. Like it's just burning in my throat. Is it? Yeah. yeah it does taste hotter. Way 80. hotter than 86. And yeah. 
it's not off-putting so, but no. it's almost like the raw alcohol in the front is just balanced by this delicious dessert topping at the end, and it just blends together to make this. Really, man, Brian, what do you mm. think of this? Well, you've had this before, though, right? I've had this before, and I'm so glad I took the leap for this whiskey. Yeah. I've seen it at liquor stores for years, uh-huh. and uh, I went to drill one time, went to the Quickie Mart, <laughs> see if they had anything new, and this marked at $17. $17? $17. Normally in the mid thirties. Mm. Wow, this is a steal. It's a good price in the mid thirties. Yeah. I, so I said, screw it. Oh, my bottle. Well, Seventeen. You might as well. A week later, I tried it, and then just for the novelty. Every drill after that, I'd buy two, three bottles. Yeah. And I gave them to my uh, dad, my father-in-law, mm. brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Just gave it to friends and stuff. So this is I kind just, of one of your favorite whiskeys, then. I won't say one of my favorites, but uh, at seventeen dollars. Yeah. Well, right. Yes. Yeah. Right. I'm with you. I got you for whiskey. the price. Oh yeah. yeah. So let's do the tasting That's notes incredible. of this real quick. Yeah. From the master of malt. Uh, he also did the uh, Adams one for us, too. Uh, nose, light notes of grapefruit peel, custard cream, followed by nutmeg, vanilla, icing, and sugar. Icing, yeah, vanilla, right. icing right, right there. That's on the right. Yeah. But he continues. So the palate, soft and well-rounded with continued vanilla and cream. Mm-hmm. Exactly what we tasted. <laughs> yep. Yep. Plus hints of fresh pear, banana, cardamom. Cardamom. Is that how it's spelled? Mom? Isn't there an N at the end? It's cardamom. Oh, for Christ's sakes. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. It's got mom in it. Your mom's dead. So yeah, so it's all right. <laughs> you know, you're right. You know who doesn't have mom in his life? Ed. Me. <laughs> um, so the finish is the citrus peel returns along with a little bit of meadow sweetness. I don't get any of that on the finish at all, but I can't get the vanilla cream just takes it all the way to the end for me. Yeah, I don't get any like grassiness, I guess no. is what they're trying to say. I do get the grassiness towards the end. Do you? Okay. Towards right. the end. Right, like at the last. Uh, let's see. Let's inha- drop some water in it. Maybe. Take a sip, oh. inhale, did and you'll get the grassiness. Okay. Did you get water in yours? Or? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. You did. Okay. Yeah. So let me, let's try that. See if Brian's steering us wrong. He hasn't yet. We've had four <laughs> delicious whiskeys from different countries we never would have done, so he hasn't steered us wrong yet. I feel like the starboard's going to suck. <laughs> No, what if the last one? And the way I did this was just in proximity to us. So like Wales is closer to us than England, than South Africa, than Australia. And that's the way I did it. I have to have some criteria for the way you do it. Mm -hmm. That's what I chose. So if the Australian one sucks, then that's on me. Right. But they're most likely to get offended and try to punch us over it. Yeah, maybe. Where does this rank? Of the other three. Oh, that's a good it question. It's difficult for me to do it that. It is difficult. I want to say that it's probably third. This is more one note. It's not as complex as the Edmonds. But it is corn. Was. And maybe that's because it's mm. all corn that it's yeah, not I, as well, complex right. as so the I others. So I think the way we ended round one, if you will, I was like the Padarin myth, then the Adnams Rye, then the legend. Yeah. I can see this edge in the legend out. Or being right there with Yeah, it. that's what I'm thinking. I don't think it's going to edge out one of the first two for me, but it's really nice. Yeah, I think I like the Adnams Rye a little bit better than the Myth, but not a whole lot. And then, just like you said, this one is probably even with the Legend. How about you, Brian? So I think best of all is definitely the Adams, mm-hmm. followed by Myth. Okay. And uh kind of agree with you guys with the Legend and the uh, Beans. They're pretty similar. They're pretty similar, close. Similar, yeah. I think it depends similar, on the day. Similar, but different, and depends on how you're feeling one day. Yeah, totally agree. South African whiskey. Who knew? Who knew, man? I mean, what an experience. 
I have to tell you, I like, I like all of these better than a lot of the Irish and Canadians that I've tasted the last two episodes. Like, yeah, and I'm a big Irish fan, but I would love to bring the Padarins back with those five Irish that we tangled with and mm. see where they stack up. And I have to tell you, I think they would do some damage. Mm. No, I agree. So far, we got the one. Left. I got a feeling. I got. A, <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> we're, I think we're jinxing. I'm not. I'm That's not. Right. I'm not guaranteeing it. But British Commonwealth category on the whiskey madness next year. <laughs> <laughs> is it possible? It's yeah. possible. All, right. yeah. all, all we need is Brian's okay and some love on his part. Let's, let's do it. Let's yeah. see. Like, and the winner of the whiskey band is <laughs> Baines <laughs> in an upset. All right. So let's start smelling the uh, the Star Wars Nova Single Malt from Australia. Okay, so you have to uh, strap in here. I had the most information about Australia because, oddly, they have a really long history of distilling whiskey. What an interesting nose, but go ahead. All right. So the Commonwealth of Australia comprises the entire mainland of the Australian continent plus the island of Tasmania and numerous smaller islands. At nearly 3 million square miles, it is the world's sixth largest country, encompassing a wide variety of landscapes and climates. Although it had already been inhabited by an indigenous population for 65,000 years, Dutch explorers discovered it in the early 17th century and its eastern half was later famously claimed by the British Empire as a penal colony called New South Wales. Listen, don't start any of your critical race theory here, Scott, okay? <laughs> just, CRT. Just, just read about the whiskey, all right? We don't need any wokeness here, okay? Ed, Ed we just got banned in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> The European population grew steadily thereafter, helped by the 1850s gold rush, after which the continent's six self-governing colonies would federate into a single country in 1901. Australia's capital is Canberra, its largest city is Sydney, and its population is just shy of 26 million. As far as distillation goes, that was legalized in 1820. Two years later, the first legal distillery was opened in Hobart, Tasmania. And by 1850, Sydney had two large distilleries of its own as well. However, the main focus of all three was rum. Whiskey distilling wouldn't begin until 1863 when the Warren Hype Distillery opened in the Victoria Colony. And in 1888, the federal distillery was constructed in Melbourne, which in just six years' time became the third largest distillery in the world, producing an excess of 1.1 million liters of whiskey, brandy, and gin per year. Wow. Sounds like a lot. Yeah. In 1930, the Distillers Company of Edinburgh, now known as Diageo, opened its own distillery in Melbourne, which quickly merged with a huge federal distillery. After World War II, Gilby's of London got involved, acquiring one established distillery in Adelaide and building yet another in Melbourne, thus consolidating almost all whiskey distillation in Australia under two England-based companies, both of whom enjoyed protectionist tariffs that created a 40% price advantage over imported scotch. This allowed them to produce a cheaper, lower quality product which earned Australian whiskey a poor reputation. Predictably, when the tariffs were lifted in 1960, the demand for domestic whiskey tumbled almost overnight, resulting in the shuttering of every distillery by 1980, after which no whiskey was made in Australia for a decade. In 1990, a man named Bill Lark lobbied the government to amend the Distillation Act of 1901, which stated that distilling licenses could only be issued to operations whose still capacity was more than 2,700 liters. Lark was successful in lifting this restriction, and the floodgates for small craft distilleries were opened. Starting with just a handful in the early 1990s, including Lark's own, the number of distillers increased steadily over the ensuing decades to the point that today there are almost 300 distilleries, 50 of which produce whiskey, including the Starward Distillery. Founded in 2004 in Melbourne by David Vitale, Starward's aim 
is to create an approachable, affordable Australian whiskey that can be served neat with food and would feel right at home at the dinner table of David's large Italian family. Sourcing every ingredient from just a day's drive away, they work closely with growers, winemakers, farmers, traders, and maltsters to ensure that Star Ward <laughs> produces the best quality whiskey possible. Their offerings including a grain whiskey, two single malts, one of which we have tonight, and several single barrel expressions. How many distilleries again? Over 300 distilleries. So basically still half as many of the things that can kill you in Australia, right? Like there's, <laughs> there's like 600 things that can kill you in Australia. Like, yes. like 20 snakes and spiders. Like, and like I think they're number one on rankers.com of the ways oh, to yeah, die. Let's, let's look that up. I mean, you have like great white sharks. Like if, yeah. if there's 25 dangerous snakes, don't they have like 23 of them or something? Like yeah. they yes. have spiders that can just like cripple your spine. And <laughs> I even hear koala bears are nasty motherfuckers too. Yeah, they're mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they only eat eucalyptus. I mean, I mean, imagine what their farts smell like. Delicious. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I, I'm so calm now, <laughs> and my skin's all open. All right. So let's take a smell of the uh, of the Star Wars. <laughs> Every time we say Star Wars, yeah. I'm gonna put the. <laughs> <laughs> John John, John Williams William score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like just like yeah. like just some like ships flying by. Pew pew pew. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, smell it. Focus cut. Wow, it smells. Oh, that fascinating. Wait. Brian didn't tell us what it was about. Oh, yeah. All right. So, Come on, Brian. Starward Nova, Nova. 100% malted barley, aged okay. in extras, Cabernet, and Pinot Noir cast. Okay. Then blended together. That okay. makes sense to what I'm smelling. Yeah, that so makes so much sense. Wine aged finished. about two years. Two years. Okay. So it's wine finished barley. All right. Correct. Proofage? 82. 82. Oh, wow. Pretty low. It's smelling almost like an Irish to me, but. Like when I smelled it. It right. smelled exactly like a scotch to me because yeah. they like to finish their stuff in wine barrels. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm getting wine, a mm -hmm. little bit of berry. Yeah. I'm getting, again, the similar vanilla frosting than I got on the last one. Now, maybe I'm influenced because I just smelled it on the beans. It has a vanilla -y sweet scent with the wine and the malted barley. Did you guys get any of the orange? Orange? On the nose? I didn't. Not really. No, I mean, do you? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it smells like scotch to me. All right, let's uh, taste it. Hmm. Tastes like a scotch, too. <laughs> yes. Reminds very, me of Glenfiddich. Glenfiddich. Okay. Very like scotchy. Glenfiddich. Reminds me of more of the Glenmorangie for me. Mm -hmm. um, Sweeter. Yeah. But like the tenure, like not... Not of the higher expressions, right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm, which I do like. Yeah, this is nice. It's pretty mild. Like you said, it was 82 proof. It's a nice uh, scotch. Like... Um, I don't know what else I'm tasting on it. Let's You're dig pepper? in. Pepper. Mm. A butteriness. Butteriness. Pepper, I guess, from the malted barley. I, it's I, not very strong, though. I get some pepper. I can see like that, like a little peppery spiciness to it. Yeah, yeah. There's a little tartness to it at the end. I'm almost getting a brininess now. Oh, interesting. After it's mm. gone. Like, it's not even in the finish. It's like after it's uh, swallowed. Right. So I'm putting some water in. See what that does. Oh, good call. Yeah, let me do that. It's 82, so I don't mm. want to put too much in. I'm getting more of the barley spice after the water, but also a little bit that reminds me of something that might be cherry, like a darker fruit note. Well, so maybe it's not cherry. Um, maybe that's the wine influence coming out there. 
a dark grape. Mm-hmm. It certainly could be. So they have an interesting thing in the tasting that I've noticed. Okay, yeah. It's balsamic vinegar. <laughs> so pleasant and aromatic with a bit of balsamic vinegar that resolves into red grape, pomegranate, and malt with mild nutty notes and a layer of cake frosting. Cake frosting. Okay. So the balsamic vinegar, I think, is like the saltiness mm, that I was kind yeah. of getting from that. You said, yeah, you, that makes sense. Yeah, you said um, Briny. brininess. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. Thin and very tannic on the palate, but mm-hmm. with the reprise of the aroma, red berries, port wine, balsamic vinegar, and malt. Yeah. The finish is medium length, very drying with a surprising dark chocolate note, which okay. is downright delectable next to all the port and balsamic. It's not really that dark to me. I think more of a milky chocolate yeah, note. Yeah, I can see a chocolate note. It's reminiscent of, and I'm not really comparing this with that, but the Abuna Abelor mm-hmm. with the rich dark chocolate no, that that has, but this is it, the, much diminished. It's the Abelor Abuna. Abelor Abuna. What did I say? Abuna Abelor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what a perfectionist you are, so. <laughs> right, because I made fun of you. So. Right. And the tasting notes is from Scotch Noob. Mm. This is good. Oh, so where would you guys put this now in the ranking of the other ones? Um, this is too scotchy for me to drink all the time. Yeah. But it's a very delicious scotch, and it's yeah. in my scotch wheelhouse. So as a change-up, I would drink it, but I wouldn't put it ahead of any other ones from my personal taste. Though I think it's probably better than maybe the Baines is, as a complex created whiskey would be, if that makes sense. Right, because the Baines is very sugary, sweet, yeah. vanilla icing flavor, yeah, and so this is much more complex than that. I would put this one fourth for me, but I mean, that's just because I don't well, really like Well, that's just scotch. you, and that's fine. You're, you're I want to hear what you want to say, Scott. You're you're the one I'm interested in here because I this I feel like this is much more in your wheelhouse than mine. It is. Uh, I might put this in just in pure whiskey quality sense. Yeah. Complexity, I guess, is what I mean. It right. would probably come third above the legend in the Baines, behind the Adnams and then the the myth. But if you are a Scotch lover, I think you have to try this because it's, absolutely, yeah, it's Scotch. Scott is such like an underground scotch lover. Like anytime we do something like this and we get a bottle of scotch in, he just drinks it nonstop till it's gone. Like, yeah, I just got rid of it. I do. It's like he's in denial. I mean, (laughs) denial. I'm a closet scotch lover. He wants to be a scotch guy so bad. Like any scotch that he can tolerate, he drinks like, look at me. I'm drinking scotch. Takes a lot of selfies of him and posts it all up on the scotch lovers website, which I don't follow. So I can't see him. It's false. (laughs) I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know because I don't follow it like you do. I feel like a Brian is a big scotch guy. I feel like Scott does a whole TikTok on scotch lover (laughs) behind my back. It's like scotch lover. Yeah. Scotch with two T's. Scott. (laughs) Scotch. Scotch lover. Oh, yeah, because Brian, you just in conversations off the air, we were talking about a lot of scotches, and you mentioned, I think yeah. you're as much of a scotch lover, I think, as you are maybe bourbons or eyes. Uh, I'm more scotch over bourbon. Okay. But uh, rye over scotch. I can't confine myself to like any one no, style. Right. And nor, so much. And nor should you. Right. 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 Hey, he's a, he's a one woman man. He doesn't have to be a one whiskey <laughs> man, too, right? I mean, exactly. he's made the right choice on where to be monogamous. Right. And now he's going to go play the field in, yeah. the, in the spirits world. He's a whiskey whore, is what you're so, saying. So, Scott, what I was going <laughs> to say much. about I'm you. I'm an omnivore. <laughs> and I'm the whore. It came, <laughs> it came to me. Yeah. What you remind me of, okay? Okay. And what I remind you of. Yes, with your scotch drink. My closet scotch drink. Yeah, so I had a friend. Every Halloween party, he would dress up like a belly dancer. Every year. 
Okay. You know? Right. Like even past high school into like early 20s. Like he really wanted to right. dress right. up exactly. as a woman in front so of right, people. Right. So like any excuse to dress like a woman, he found a way to do it. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's how you are with Scott's drink. Like, all right, well, if it's here and somebody's got to drink it, I'll do it. You know? So it's like you never get caught ordering a scotch out in public. Like scotch over here. But you're like, oh, there's a bottle of scotch. Well, let me just get rid of that real quick. Scotch, are you still drinking the scotch? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I drank it all. It's all right. gone. Um, oh, shit. What was I going to say? I was going to ask him, but Brian a question, and I totally forgot. Where'd I find this one at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. can do that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you get turned on to this particular whiskey? A whiskey advent calendar. Okay. This minis, right? Little taste. Who makes it up? Drinking by the dram, I think. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. There's different ones. We've talked about maybe doing one on the podcast right. where we get one of those and we release one every day. We get together and do like five right. at a time. But who gave it yeah. to you? Like your wife? My wife. Okay. Yeah. You yeah, really It's a, a good woman. Now. Yearly for the last four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mrs. Brian. Mrs. Brian, I have to tell you, you seem to be an amazing woman. If I could find someone who's as dedicated to finding a good whiskey to drink as you are to your husband, <laughs> as well as everything else you do. You know, especially that whole procreating thing you did, pretty right. special. Yeah, pretty special. <laughs> Little Miss Baby Brian, I think we call yes. it. Little Miss Baby Brian. Turns <laughs> a year this week. Oh, no oh, way. Her birthday's wow. this week. Oh, yeah. oh well, happy wait, birthday. Wait, horns right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank you so much for coming out and bringing us yeah. five amazing expressions. Once again, a review we had from the uh, country of Wales, the Pandaren Legend single malt, the Pandaren Myth single malt from England, Adnams Rye Malt, from South Africa, Baines, Cape Mountain, Single Grain, and finally from uh, way down under, Australia, where the toilets spin the wrong way, <laughs> Star Wars Nova Single Malt. Yeah, this has been amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Brian, for not only listening to us in a foreign country, then continuing to listen to us when you came back to the States and now bringing five whiskeys. Right. Brian had to travel all over the world to get these, like hiking through Australia's outback just to get to the distillery to strap the bottles on his back and then climb down. Right. Australia is a beautiful country, just saying. Yeah, yeah, it is. I know. I believe that. It's wildly beautiful. It's very nice. So if you can get a chance to get out of your comfort zone and try a whiskey from a different country, it was a great treat tonight. Yeah. Treat yourself the same way we did tonight with the help of Brian and try a new whiskey from a new country. And so for the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, I'm Ed. I'm Scott. I'm Brian. Cheers, everybody. Later. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to check out our next episode, which is way better than this one. Oh, yeah. Also, follow and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Whiskey Tangent. And follow us on Twitter at Whiskey Tangent. You can follow me personally at That Whiskey Guy. And follow Scott at Giant Cup of Awesome, spelled A-W-S-U-M, just to be annoying. Hey! You can email us any questions, comments, or love at whiskeytangent at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us always at our podcast website, whiskeytangent.podbean.com.